Welcome back to the Potluck Podcast. I think Uncle Son has mentally and emotionally recovered from the game a week and a half ago, so we decided to go ahead and record this week. We'll talk Commerce, Irwin, Final Four results across all classifications, and the upcoming state championships in the ATL. Let's go. Christmas to all. Dropping this right in the middle of the Christmas week holiday season. No pod last week. Sure did miss talking to all y'all fine folks out there in podcast land. Visited some of the family in Kentucky last weekend. Got to watch some of those state championships on the tube last Friday night. Shout out to the Paintsville Tigers on their state championship in single A. The first in their history and it came in their uh, 100th year of football actually. So uh, trivia question right off the bat. Son, who is the most famous Paintsville Tiger? Uh, recent alum. Recent alum. 2009 okay. or 10. Okay, that's a good clue. Musician. Um, musician. Tyler Childers. You dang right it is. Oh, a boy. The most famous Paintsville Tiger as of now. Tyler Childers. Also, shout out to the Ashland Tomcats. What a name. On winning AAA. Two schools bringing home the hardware back to the mountains of eastern Kentucky. Coal country, as it were. Uh, the most famous Ashland Tomcat song. What you got for me there? Man, I didn't know I was going to be getting into trivia. Uh, shoot. This is more like a trio of, 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 of famous alums here for the Ashland Tomcats. Okay. Um, this is a little older, but there they were there was a, a duo of musicians in the eighties, you know, big big time big time hair, big time uh big time mother daughter. Okay. The Judds. Okay, okay. I did not I wouldn't have, not have got that one. Ashlyn, Tomcat alums. All the Judds are, all three of them. Enough of that. Let's talk Georgia. <laughs> Uncle Song. How we doing? We're doing good tonight, Dino, just sitting here on the front porch. Nice little cool evening. Two days before Christmas, uh, had some good work today, and uh, excited to talk a little high school football. Uh, kind of bummed our season ended the way it did, but you know that happens. Uh, we played a good game, but uh, it just came up a little bit short. Almost two weeks ago, we're recording this on Wednesday night. That was about twelve days ago now. A little bit, a little short. Uh... Where we left off, final Commerce twenty one, Irwin County twenty five. Pregame predict predictions. Whew. Look out, <laughs> Dino, myself, Commerce twenty one, Irwin County twenty. Uncle Solomon went Commerce twenty four, Irwin County twenty one. So we were right on the the on, score. Yeah, the score was really close. Um, obviously, could have went either way. Uh, game recap. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. Yeah. Uh, so one thing about the game that I noticed offhand. Uh, you kind of first car of the night. First By the car. way, this is an outdoor pod. December twenty third, and the boys are out here on the front porch, <laughs> shirtless. You are. I'm not. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, uh, like, 
like I was saying, uh, the last pod we did, you kind of you kind of got a little excited, a little bit. Uh, you challenged the commerce folks to I come did. out and uh, support our boys. Um, nearly two weeks ago, and I, I think that the fans responded pretty well. Um, you know, could have seen a few more folks on the hill. Folks got there a little late, but when commerce needed the fans, the fans were there. Yep. I was really proud of the fan base on Friday night. Really proud of the boys and the team and the the whole the whole effort. Uh, you know, we we played a really tough opponent two weeks ago, and uh, you know it was a great it was a great night for football. Irwin County traveled really well too. It felt like a big rivalry game more so than a, mm-hmm. a playoff game where a team has to travel across the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, they filled up the visiting stands. They were loud too. They do. They had the. Uh... You know the uh, cowbells. Yeah, but they're not cowbells. The Matthew actually told me about these. Yeah, there's some kind of. Uh, my brother told me about somebody in Osceola like seal does kind of some kind of like can sealing. Has, oh, like, like a, a can- cannery. Yeah, yeah. in Osceola, That's and he makes cool. all of them for him. That's really so cool. they like travel with them. It's like a whole thing, almost like a Mississippi State type deal. But those are loud for sure. But yeah, yeah no, the Commerce fans are out. Uh, in droves, and yeah. it, it was definitely a, a big atmosphere. Really got fired up there in the fourth quarter, but that, uh, did. that it did. Before all that happened, we started off in the first quarter. Uh, senior captains Tylen Brock and Gray Holbrook represented the Tigers at midfield for the opening coin toss. Irwin County won the toss and wanted the ball. You know, they knew what to do with it as soon as they got it. You know, Air Diaz blasted the opening kickoff. Uh, and Irwin QB Cody Soliday turned around and connected with Gabe Binyard for an 80-yard touchdown pass completion on the first play from scrimmage. The PAT was good, and Irwin led seven to nothing after 13 seconds of play. And Dino, that that was kind of one of those plays that sucked all the air out of the stadium, you know, just from the beginning. I I didn't feel like we were out of it then, and we weren't. No, but uh, it was just one of those plays where you're like, how in the world did that happen? Uh, but, you know, our Tigers weren't shaking. We started the ensuing drive on our 20-yard line and managed to piece together a nice drive. Uh, the trio of Trey Huff, Draylon Martin, and Sammy Brown moved the ball efficiently and picked up uh, three quick first downs. Uh, Sammy added another impressive 25-yard rush, and things looked pretty good. And we got down there on Irwin's 10-yard line, uh, had four fresh downs, uh, but Irwin County bowed up and uh, forced us to go to fourth down, and uh, we went for it from, it was fourth and five, and we went for it and got stopped, and we turned the ball over on downs on their five-yard line. Um, After that play, solid defensive play from both teams carried us to the end of the first quarter, and the score rested. Irwin, seven, Commerce, zero. Second quarter started. The field flipped, and Irwin began driving towards the hill with the green tiger eyes at their backs. Took a little under four minutes, but they found the end zone again. This time, running back Cam Ward toted the, half the Tiger defense with him for six points. And, you know, he ran well all night. Uh, you know, we talked about the Binyard brothers uh, kind of in the in the preview pod, but and we talked about Cam Ward too. But uh, to me, he was he was, was kind of their most impressive player. He was really hard to get down. Strong. Yeah. Probably the best back that we faced all year in my opinion. I would um, not argue with that. So he, he got that touchdown, uh, but the PAT was no good. Uh, senior return man Creed Dunbar returned the following kickoff to the Tiger 36. 
Creed took things higher this year on his kickoff returns. He had a great <laughs> senior season. Uh, looking Woo! forward to, to Creed getting out there on the basketball court. I guess he's already out there now. Yeah, yeah, he's playing. They're and, playing. Uh, the boys are getting to it on the hardwood. Him and uh, Cunningham both are back. Yeah. I think they're both starters and uh, getting back on track. I know the, the, the basketball Tigers had gotten off to like a 1-5 start, but I think they're back to 3-6 and six now that they got a couple of those guys back to play a lot of minutes. So. Yeah, that – Two two solid athletes right there. Uh, any sport, um, you know. After after Creed got his kickoff going, uh, Sammy Brown kind of took things to another level on this drive. Uh, he ripped off two long runs of twenty five plus yards, and the Tigers scored in less than two minutes. Sammy's twenty six yard touchdown rush gave us six points. I think the other rush was thirty two yards, and Air Diaz added another PAT, uh, another point there. With uh, 6:51 left in the first half, Commerce trailed 13 to seven. Irwin's offense returned and burned. Uh, Ward bust through for 50 yards, and Soliday threw for a 26-yard touchdown completion. The two-point play was stopped by Elijah Burns. Irwin kept going for two points after they they mm-hmm. missed that initial PAT. The score was Irwin 19, CHS. Seven, uh, five thirty-one remained. So Irwin scored there in about a minute twenty, and that was a drive that really kind of took a lot of wind out of the sails of the Tigers. Um, and Irwin really came out on defense and and came on the field looking to put the game away at this point, and they nearly did. Uh, they forced a quick three and out, and and we went to punt, um, but they roughed All-State punting legend Bo Childers. And uh, and we got an automatic first down and new life on our twenty five. Yeah, Bo had a great year too. I'm really pr- proud of these guys. Um, so we had new life on our twenty five, and a few plays later, later we watched one of the best runs of the year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Sammy Brown went full mullet mode, and the freshman Feedom would not be denied. He broke tackle after tackle en route to the end zone. A seventy seven yard touchdown rush. Diaz's P- PAT was good. Irwin led 19-14. to 2.15 remained in the half. And at this point of the game, I was like, let's go. You know, I really felt like we were going we to stop them, come out and get the ball, and, and really look to take the lead here. Uh, but fate would have it that Irwin would notch another score. Um, they failed to convert their two-point try. They led at the half 25-14. to 14. They know what you see in the second half and at halftime. I tell you what, this might take a while, but my halftime. I just want to give a shout out to the band, you know, <laughs> all year long, bringing the electricity. Oh man, we re- is the is the guitar player? Is he a senior? Somebody confirm that on the pod because I hope he's not. It would be I, nice I, to I get some is. get some information there on the Twitter if somebody would reach out to us because I really enjoyed him playing and shredding. Dude, I'm telling you, the week you weren't there, they turned it up to like 11, <laughs> and he was going off. I wish I could have seen it. He went off. I wish it I was could awesome. have seen it. The band's been great this year. Irwin County brought a band, too, so they both got to perform yeah. uh, last couple Friday nights ago. Irwin um, Ir- was really traditional, too, in Commerce. Commerce has kind of taken on a little bit of identity of kind of like Stanford's band. And we're just kind of like loosey-goosey and just yeah, let well, it rip. Probably not quite that weird. Not yet, that weird. But, <laughs> but we're a little closer to Athens than, than Irwin County is. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to the band. Uh, great all year. Hopefully the guy that plays guitar. Somebody give me that guy's name. He's, he's amazing. 
Third quarter started down 25 to 14. So Commerce is going to receive the second half kick. Started their own 37. Huge drive. I mean, you come yeah. out and score here, and it's it's you know, ball game. It's it, a ball it, game. It's again. right. If you don't, they take if they take over and score. Now all of a sudden you it's you know you're gonna be fighting uphill battle to win the game. Uh, several play drive, utilizing the entire rushing attack. Huff, Sherman, uh, Martin, Brown, of course. Ends with Draylon Martin pushing it in on the fullback pitch from inside the five. Around the, around the four-minute drive kind of makes a statement for the Tigers coming out of the gate uh, as we get within four, 25 to 21 at this point in the third quarter. This was a point in the game where I thought another one of those timely turnovers would, that seemed to happen week after week with the Tigers would show up. Um it didn't show up in, in the way of a takeaway, um, but it did show up on the, the ensuing Indian drive. So Gabe Binyard took the kick back to the house, actually, uh, when it kind of looked like he had a foot or maybe two feet in yeah. the end zone. And then he came, but anyways, <laughs> all that didn't matter at all because it was a block in the back, waved it off, and the Indians started all the way back at the 20. Cam Ward nearly single handedly gets them down the field and quickly um, they drive all the way to inside the Tiger 30. And about to the 26, where they faced a third and short. They go with a play action and have a man for six, but it is overthrown. Pressure by Holbrook there. Just out of field goal range, the Indians do elect to go for it. They opt to pass. They look for Cam Ward in the flats, but he drops it. <laughs> Probably had the first down and maybe a lot more. Um, and this was that timely mistake yeah. that Commerce needed. And like I said, it wasn't a takeaway, but it was a turnover on down. So yeah. that they, it was kind of another one of those things where in your head you're like, man, there's another big play the defense made mm-hmm. in a tight game. Like It's just like the Washington Wilkes, just like at Lincoln County, like all these different times they've done it. Yeah. Gordon Lee. So uh, kind of had some optimism there. The ensue, ensuing Tiger drive, unfortunately, doesn't go anywhere. The Indians front certainly not given an inch. And even Coach Brown mentioned in the postgame video that I watched was that uh, – they definitely made some adjustments on yeah. the front, and it, it got really hard in the second half to move the ball. Uh, Commerce ultimately punts it away to the Indians, and it's a good one from Childers, the legend, down at the 27. <laughs> the Indians start their drive, and only two plays later, the Tigers' D strips the ball and recover, but the ref says he blew the whistle. Um, <laughs> that was a close call because from our vantage point, which we had a pretty good view up there, we had it one looked of the like it was out yeah. but way before the whistle blew. Um, now I know it probably in the ref's head he's probably thinking oh, I should have I should have bombed that dead because he was stood up for a while yeah but it ain't about how long he stood up it's about when you blow that whistle they didn't blow it <laughs> and Holbrook ripped it out and he started running and shooting it had six points yeah uh, so that was a close one that didn't go their way uh, Irwin then faced a third and three went with the workhorse Cam Ward and he was stopped short of the line to gain so at this point you're in your own territory it's late later in the game in the third quarter. You got a tough call up coming for the Indians here, uh, facing fourth and short, and that kind of the, that was the end of the third quarter there. So the fourth quarter started with the Indians going for it and advancing the ball past the chains with Cam Ward, a uh, name that we've. <laughs> it seems like there's an echo in here. Uh, big play on a couple snaps later as the Indians go to the air and advance it across midfield into Tiger territory down to the 27. Um, so this is the start of the fourth quarter. Still a lot of ball game to play. Two plays later, they complete a pass to Garland. Binyard to the 11, Indians knocking on the door. Outlook's kind of like, oh, no, if they yeah. go up two score, it's kind of a different story. So two plays, they go nowhere. Indians all of a sudden facing a third and nine. They go to Cam Ward in the flats, 
has one man to beat. <laughs> but that man was Landon Worley. And Landon made a great play to bring him down by himself. Solo tackle on the outside against a guy that's been running all over us. Uh, Landon Worley has had himself a year. And, you know, we'll get into this, uh, you know, when we review 2020. But he's really emerged as a as a player that's coming back on next year's team that we'll really watch on defense. He's had a great season. Yeah, he's going to have a bigger role next year on the defense for sure. Um, had a big role this year, but I imagine even Great next year it will be even even bigger. Uh, fourth and eight for the Indians. They bring on the field goal unit wide right. Tigers <laughs> take over with 6.46 left in the ball game. First play from scrimmage is a loss of five yards. That Indians defense, stout. Yep. Sammy gets six yards back, but the Tigers are now facing third and nine deep in their own territory late in the game. This is when you're kind of thinking, all right, Hadn't been able to move the ball really for since the opening drive. Uh, it's third and nine, deep in your own territory. You got to do something. Like, what's going to happen here? And it got to be a pass. Reverse play on the option works to perfection. Plenty Beautiful. of room for Sammy out there to run. Great block on the great blocking on the outside, and gets enough for the for the Tiger first down. You know, we talked about that play after, immediately after the game. We we lingered in the stands for a really long time, and. Uh, you know, Sammy almost broke that one. Oh, it could have been. And thinking back, so this year, this is a great play call from Coach Brown. And thinking back to last year, we made a similar call against, I didn't think about this at the time, but against Lincoln County. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Late in the game, we ran a reverse, and I think it was Tyler Brock scored on a touchdown. It was just wide open. Yep. Uh, so this has been a good play for us. Uh, that was an amazing call from Coach there. Um to get move the sticks and you know kind of keep us keep us moving there um unfortunately for for the tigers in the stands the uh the next two plays didn't go anywhere <laughs> tigers in trouble again facing a third and 15 late in the game uh can't seem to put much together Draylon martin but we hand it off to him he gets four or five because you know you got to make it more manageable you're obviously going for it you're down yep. forward you know you don't have I think at this point it was one or two timeouts, but mm-hmm. I mean it's late in the game, got to go for it. So a more manageable fourth down, but it's still fourth and ten or eleven with only three, a little over <laughs> three minutes left to to keep the season alive. Tigers go to the air and it's huffed to Freighties or Freights. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Russ Brown. Because if we've been saying Freighties all and it's actually Freights, I think that Freighties is right. We called his brother Freighties all last year. Yeah. And we've called him Freddy's all like this Rush year. I feel like would know, though. He's kind of yeah, in, in, in the know with, with the wrestling program, too. It might be Freights. Either way, <laughs> they convert a big gainer with the shallow cross. Uh, he's pulled down by the face mask near the sideline, add another 15 yards, and all of a sudden, Tigers are in business, definitely. First down and just over two minutes to play on the 26th looking in. That was a huge moment. I mean, not only is this the season on the line, but – Commerce threw a freaking pass to a tight end over the middle, and we caught it, and he ran. I mean, and it, it was it was a great play. The the stands were electric, and at this moment, in my heart, and in my head, and in my toes, I feel like we're going to state. You know, certainly in your toes. In uh, my toes. Sammy gets six yards on the first down play, and even at that point, you're thinking, man, just we're just going now. We're just going to option them in. Right. It, it kind of felt like. That's when we, you know, you had the video of the stands mm-hmm. we posted on Twitter, and that's what was going through my head was, okay, we're going to get this ball down to about the 25, and I was looking at the clock, and it was three minutes left, and I was thinking, God, Erwin might just let us score. 
That yeah. was kind of my first thought because they they had a, so much effectiveness with the pass all night. Right. I was like, they know they can move they the can ball. Move like, the... now I know you don't ever let somebody score, but I thought if it got like down to the nitty gritty with like a minute and a half, mm-hmm. and, that, and the Tigers were on like the two, they probably would get. So I was trying to do math there, which is always <laughs> dangerous. But, uh, so you know, six yards, kind of think you're going to option them on in. Um, Tigers have it into the red zone. No success on second down. Draylon Martin's brought down in the backfield for a loss. Um, Sammy gets three yards back, and all of a sudden, it's fourth and three again. So, a wave of emotions there from, man, first and ten, 26 looking in, six more yards, we're in the red zone, let's go. And all of a sudden, it's fourth down again, and your season's on the line. So, from the Indian 19 with only 125 left in the game, uh, things change in favor uh, of the Indians. Tiger go with Sammy Brown out to the wide right, but the Indians are all over it. Bring them down to the backfield. Yeah, and quick pitch has been our play this year. It's been one of the most uh, successful plays that we've run all year because we have so much speed on the line of scrimmage. We have good blocking backs. And Irwin had just seen it too many times. They'd seen it too many times that night, seen it too many times on field, and they just ran us down from the backside from what I remember. Um, And you can't fault the boys. It was just – it was just good play from Irwin, and uh, that was that was the way it ended right mm-hmm. there. I still I think it was a good play call. You go with your best play. You got you got the hot hand. Yeah, like you said, it's been the play all year. Um, no no reason to to question that one. Final Tigers twenty one, Indians twenty five. How about some stats, Tom? Okay, so uh, we had some stats here, and the stats kind of tell. A story. I mean, every week we look at the stats and you see see some stories, storylines in there. Uh, Converse Tigers had 316 yards total. Uh, 291 came on the ground, and then 25 yards came through the air. Um, we had 45 rushes. We ran 48 plays overall and had 45 rushes. Uh, that that breaks down to 6.47 yards per carry. Uh, you made the the note in our notes earlier this week that a lot of that was due that that high of a yards per carry was due to Sammy Brown's long runs and I agree with that because when we were watching the game there were certainly a lot of runs where we didn't get much traction or we had negative yardage and I think that was negated by Sammy's long runs uh Irwin County Indians they had 459 yards total offense really balanced attack here they had uh, 256 yards rushing, 203 yards passing. Uh, the rushes broke down to eight yards per carry. Uh, Ten of 13 passing for 20 yards per reception, and a lot of that was due to the Benyards. And this was this was kind of talking about the Benyards. This was kind of a game where you saw a lot of superstars, um, guys that are going to play at the next level. Uh, you saw the Benyard twins. You saw Cam Ward. You see Sammy Brown. Um, Soliday was a good-looking quarterback from Irwin County. Uh, and I, I think that their their skill players and their ability to protect and kind of pick us apart on defense gives us these numbers. I mean, they outgained us by really almost 150 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like that on mm-hmm. Friday night. We were in that game, but we got a lot of Lady Luck looking down on us on mm-hmm. that game, in that game. And uh, – Going down to our individuals here, uh, individual stats. We got rushing. I uh, always like to start with the rushing because we run the ball so much. Sammy Brown had a 200-yard-plus rushing game, uh, 218 yards on the ground on 19 attempts and two touchdowns. 
Uh, Draylon Martin had a pretty solid game too, almost five yards per carry, 49 yards on 10 carries with a touchdown. Um, tough yards. Tough yards. And we, we've talked about that all season. Draylon's stats aren't pretty all the time, but he gets positive yardage on first down, mm-hmm. second down, and uh, that really lends itself to our style of play. Um, together, Huff, Burns, Sherman, and Brock all got carries, uh, and that added up to only 24 yards total from all of those ball carriers who have definitely contributed in major ways this season. Um, passing, I mentioned before, we were two out of three on the night, 25 yards. Both passes were completed to Freydes. Um Special teams, Air Diaz, he, had, uh, he was three out of three on his PATs. I think he only had one out of five touchbacks. Um, mm-hmm. And then Sammy... And Creed Dunbar each had two returns on kickoffs. Uh, that totaled to 66 total yards. And Childers, Childers had two punts. We haven't seen a lot of punts from Bo this year, uh, but he did have two punts that combined for 94 yards. I uh, had one inside of the 20. Um, looking at our defense, we always like to break down the stats based on the level of defense. Um, so we had the defensive line, Peyton Freeman, who who got a lot of playing time on uh, on Friday night on the defensive side of the ball, had led uh, the team with tack- on tackles with eight tackles from his defensive line position. Big night for Peyton Freeman, senior defensive lineman. Um, Sammy led the linebacking group with five and a half tackles, and Creed Dunbar led the defensive back group with four tackles. So um, we had a lot of other guys that had over four tackles. I think I think you made a whole list earlier in the week. Uh, Holbrook, Nunn, Burns, um, Childers. The usual suspects. The usual. <laughs> a lot of those guys who see playing time on defense. That's the stat stat breakdown there. Big trends we saw were that Irwin really outgained us in offense. Um, Sammy Brown had a huge night on offense. Um, special teams, we, we performed pretty well. Um, but it wasn't enough to make the difference in the game. Yeah, some of the keys we talked about, we'll jump right into that. Um, we talked about moving the ball and putting together drives. Yeah. Some positives and some negatives with that. We had nine possessions, only three touchdowns, one out of three scoring in the red zone. Yeah, and, and that is the stat. Right, and that was what uh, Coach Brown, you know, I mentioned the video he had when he was talking to the reporters in the field house afterwards. Saw Coach Savage standing in the background. Yes. <laughs> Boy, that was an interesting video because, I mean, <laughs> if you've ever been in one of those end-of-season type atmospheres, you can feel the emotion through the camera. Yeah. And uh, you saw it on the players' faces. It's you like saw it on – It's, like, real quiet, but, like, there's, like, loud, like, you know, people are dropping off their stuff. Yeah. And, like, is no one's talking. It's just, it's, it is kind of – It's a, somber. You can definitely feel it. And but there's like this this air of kinship. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody's feeling the same thing. Yeah, don't know it, but it's just kind of like, like I don't know. Like, what do we? What do you say now? Like, but it like, was what, you know, it was some really cool video because you got to see Coach Savage come up and give Coach Brown like a pat on the back. Yeah, you know, some camaraderie there. Um, but he did mention in his comments that uh, how he he maybe would have done some things differently. You know, but you know, looking back. Yeah. Um, he said that he, you know, maybe had wished he had kicked it on the first drive of the game instead of going for it in the five. Yeah. You know, maybe if you do that, I mean, obviously this is all if everything develops in the mm-hmm. butterfly effect. If everything develops <laughs> the same exact way, 
you're down one and right. you kick a field goal to win the game at the end of the game. Uh, he did mention that. Um, another thing that we talked about and kind of mulled over in the stands was after the score in the third quarter, we all kind of looked at each other and thought maybe going for two was the play there mm-hmm. um, just to make it 22-25. You know, a field goal ties um, – given how it played out probably wouldn't have went for it went for the field goal anyways on fourth and three you probably go for that yeah because it's far enough out to where there's definitely a possibility that you miss and even if you make it you're only going to overtime so they probably would have went for it on fourth and three regardless but um maybe it was too early to kind of to go for the two at that point in the game with it being so early in the third quarter you just Mm want to get the one um but like you said, if you're down one and you got a kicker like Diaz at the end of the game, you probably do go ahead and put him out there and try to kick it and win it. Yeah, and I, I think the the title of this this key to review is moving the ball and putting together drives. Mm-hmm. And the key to doing both of those things in a triple option offense is winning battles on the line of scrimmage. And we talked about this in our last show how this was going to be the biggest challenge for our offensive line since Athens Academy. Physically, yeah, you know, effort-wise, these guys were going to come and they were going to play. And, you know, 12 days ago we saw Commerce lose some battles. And you see that manifested in negative plays. You see that, it, you know, it kills drives. We won some battles too. I mean, we, we scored 21 points on probably the best team in the state. Um, so, you know, I hate, I hate to say that. I think our offensive line played well. I don't think it was the kids not – not giving enough effort or not being disciplined enough or not knowing their jobs. It's just you lose some of those physical battles because those guys are so big, they're so strong, they're so fast. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing in the Elite Eight, that's what you run into. Yeah. Um, they played good enough to win, I think, uh, if you know things worked out a little bit differently, obviously. Uh, yeah. So even with the kind of not maybe not exactly like you wanted them to put together drives, given that a few of them ended – without scoring one of three in the red zone but um that yeah that was kind of the stat that stuck out the most yeah uh so some positive and, and negatives there for sure um the next thing we talked about last week or shoot two weeks, two ago, weeks ago three weeks ago <laughs> preventing explosive plays so there were several explosive plays from Irwin county uh, but the two things that hurt the most was the deep ball right out of the gate and to Kate, that was the Gabe Vineyard and then Cam Ward's relentless runs yeah. that seemingly never ended. Yeah. He would rip off 15 to 30-yard runs. It felt like a handful of times. But what was impressive to me from the Tiger defense is that we did not give up on those runs because each one of those long runs could have been a touchdown. Easily. But we hawked him down. We caught him, pulled him down. He was a strong guy. We, you know, we'd force him out of bounds sometimes. I saw Creed Dunbar do that. I saw Tyler Brock do that. Mm-hmm. Secondary played really well in defense of Cam Ward. Um, but, yeah, you just got some great athletes there um, that really took over the game in the in the first half, at least. We, I mean, we shut them out in the second half. Yeah, that's what – I mean, Seven it enough. probably wasn't the absolute best performance that we've seen from the Tiger D and on, the, on this particular key with explosive plays. I mean, like you said, we've been so good – all year at explosive yeah. plays probably wasn't the best night, but when like you mean you got the Benyards and Cam Ward, they're going to get some explosive plays. Yeah, but it was certainly solid and good enough to win. Uh, at the end of the day, and especially strong in the second half, like you said, they didn't score at all in the second half. Um, 
so the adjustments were made and in the second half the Tiger D definitely brought it and was good enough to yeah. win the game um, X factors we talked about special teams penalties and turnovers it was fairly a clean game zero takeaways from either team penalties went in favor of the Tigers five to six but in yardage in yardage that was actually 26 to 63 uh, I would say in the in the special t- in the X factors the com- commerce won yeah. the X factors for sure and that's yeah. probably what kept them in the game yeah that penalties was a those yeah, I mean, were timely penalties yes. that they had. Yeah, yeah, they had the so it went pretty much the three biggest that I remember was special teams uh, starting it off with the Indians missing their second PAT try mm-hmm. of the night. Then you got the the big penalty for Irwin was roughing Childers in the second quarter, mm-hmm. and, and then the block the ensuing, in the back. Well, in the suing, the big that was a huge because the ensuing play, <laughs> Sammy took it the distance. Right, like so if you don't have that play, you it's get the negated. ball back. Yeah. And you're going to make it, you know, 30 or whatever to say. Potential 14-point swing. Yeah, there. exactly, on a penalty. Um, so then the missed field goal late in the game, obviously, that leaves the door wide open for the Tigers yeah. to go down and win the game. <laughs> so there's no doubt that those X factors, special teams, penalties especially, uh, kept the Tigers in the game yeah. on, on a few different occasions. So I would say on the keys, you know, two of them that probably could have been a little better, and, and the X factors, I think they – they won uh, yeah. for sure. Um, that's a disciplined team, well coached team. That when you win those so many times, like the Tigers did this year, and uh, we, you know, just every, I, you know, the last drive was really the only thing that you w- you wish you could have changed. But yeah. on that last drive, just again, shout out to Coach Brown. Those two calls on third and nine, and then the fourth, and I mean that was unbelievable. After both of those happened, I I, I will never disagree with this statement but after the, both of those happened I thought there's no way we're losing this game yeah. you know it's just one of those things that felt like momentum was on our side fate was on our side but just didn't work out yeah final thoughts Uncle Son what you got anything um, out? I think if anything the results of this game the results of the 2018 game um, the results over the past really almost a whole decade commerce football is one of the leading programs in the state in single A public. Um, I'd really, I, we got a great football program, and for us to be playing this kind of football this late in the season, it makes me proud as an alumni to see that. And that that's hats off to the coaches, hats off to the players, uh, everybody involved. Real late in the season. Shout out to uh, COVID. Yeah, I mean, we're here on Christmas <laughs> talking about high school football. <laughs> uh, we'll have the season, the 2020 season interview next week with the state championship recaps, but football's still going on. Uh, we're going to talk about Final Four results next and the uh, state championship previews. After this quick break, we're going to let Psalm pick a little Christmas song to throw in right here at this, at this juncture. All right, let's do it. Uh, it being the time of year that it is, uh, I'd like to do uh, my favorite Christmas song of all the ones I've recorded.
Maybe it will be a blue Christmas for Uncle Psalm. So I, th- I think that might have been appropriate. Psalm's <laughs> still got the down and out blues. Thank you, Elvis, for that beautiful <laughs> rendition. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just beautiful. Ain't much else you can say Nothing about that. Else you can follow that up with. <laughs> Final four results. Let's get through these. We're just going to go from private, public, and up from there. Right. Single A private. Brock Vandegrift and the Prince Avenue Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Hammer Wesleyan, 50-3. to Vandegrift went 21-30 of with 269 yards and three touchdowns. Prince dominating in these playoffs. They have an average final score of 48-9. to Yeah, Prince Avenue is going to win state. I mean, they don't even have to play the yes. game next week. Trinity Christian gets by Calvary Day on the other side there, 17-7. to David Dallas, 19-32 of 32 with 177 yards and two touchdowns. He also had three interceptions. Trinity Christian forced five turnovers. So it's going to be uh, Prince Avenue and Trinity Christian, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll talk more about that one in the uh, previews in the next segment. Single-A public, Irwin County all over Metter, 44-10. Indians led 24-0 in the third and coasted to a victory. Cam Ward went for... 155 and two touchdowns. Indians had a 100-yard interception return. Better had only given up 56 points all year before this game. This kind of makes it worse. Yeah, it makes the loss a little bit worse. So Irwin County proves that everything is not better in Better. It seems like every. It seems like the football is not better. In better. <laughs> Brooks County uh, shuts out, or is it shutouts? Shuts out. Shuts out. I like shuts out. Brooks County blanks. Clinch County, 42 to zero. <laughs> Uh, 45 to three. The first time these two played, 21 oh. points scored in the second quarter broke the game open, and Clinch never recovered. Brooks County has won its four playoff games by an average of 38 points. So something to be said there for consistency. They beat them 42 to nothing in the regular season and 45 to three in their in the playoffs. Or no, flip flop that. Um, so setting up for Brooks Irwin, double A defending state champions and. Single A defending state champions. Going to be a great game, probably. Double A Raven County upended by Callaway on the road, forty-one to seventeen. Our good friend Joe Sanders back in the the furniture preview, <laughs> the furniture, the comparison of furniture pieces to teams. What was what was Raven County? They were a. Um, they were that mountain furniture. Some type of mountain furniture, like cabin, cabin furniture, cabiny furniture, cabin core, the the wood, you know, yeah. and. We mentioned that it gets late in the year and they travel, and it, that cabin furniture just doesn't it does, work. It, it just doesn't work out. It don't work in West Georgia. It once don't work go, in Metro Atlanta. Once, it don't work in South Georgia. Once they go on the road deep in the playoffs, Raven County just hadn't been able to get it done. Uh, Callaway led uh, only fourteen to ten in the second quarter, but they scored twenty-seven unanswered to win forty-one to seventeen. So we've heard good things about Callaway all year. You know, that's one of those teams that has, has really been strong the past couple of years in double A. Um, so this one, it seems like it's a big surprise, 41 to 17, but it's kind of not. You know what I wanted to hit you with here was a, was a the most famous Callaway alumni, but I couldn't hit you with it because this guy actually went to Troop County. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know who it is? You don't know who this uh, is. There's no chance. Troop County. Is that Richard LeCount? Did he go to no? He nah, went. He went south, southeast Savannah. Georgia. Yeah, he's from down. Alan Ogletree. No, he's new. No, nah, this is a this is a musician as well. Oh, forget Bubba it. Sparks, Bubba Sparks. Bubba Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> college Park. College Park. 
Oh man! But he went to Troop County, unfortunately. Uh, I knew he was from Lagrange. I just I didn't remember what high school he went to. Fitzgerald twenty four, Jefferson County zero. Fitzgerald continues their dominance in Double A. They held Jefferson County to one hundred twenty eight yards and also forced three turnovers. So Fitzgerald and Irwin both in the state championship right there, just a you know kind of like Commerce and Jefferson distance away. Triple yeah. um, A Oconee County twenty one, GAC. 20 in double overtime. This seemed like a classic game. Oconee County converted a fourth and 16 in double overtime, trailing 20 to 14. They got it down to the one where they punched it in the next play. Made the PAT for the win. Justin Coleman was on the receiving end of that conversion. He also punched in the score from the one, had another touchdown earlier in the game, and had 13 tackles. But sounds like he's a great ball player. Sounds like he did it all that night. Yeah, Oconee County, you know, for years down there, uh, what is it, Nolan? He's the head coach down there. He's had a really successful run. Um, a lot of good things are coming out of Oconee County. Um, I don't know if they're going to win state, but it sh- certainly seems like it. They've got a lot of momentum right now. And I needed to say this. We missed a classic opportunity to play booty, 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 rocking everywhere. There we could have played that. Maybe that's <laughs> we, we weren't I wonder ready. if he's got any Christmas songs. You think Bubba Sparks <laughs> has any Christmas jams? The Christmas album. You think he's got one? It's probably no, got something it. to do with booty if he does. Probably does. <laughs> Man. On the other side of AAA, Pierce <laughs> County over Crisp County, 25-13. to 13. Uh, This is another – so I don't know what it was, but AAA had the wildest games in the Final Four for sure. This game was 13-12, to 12, Crisp County, with two Ooh. minutes left in the game, and Crisp had the ball driving. Like dr- complete, on the other side of the 50 driving. I mean, they're, they're in complete control of this game, about to go in. Uh Ty Little from Pierce County, not so little, stripped to the quarterback, <laughs> and Austin Jernigan scooped and scored 69 yards. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so nice. Uh, that was a touchdown. Pierce then took the lead 18-12, uh, to 12, so they have a minute and a half so to play. So this one's not over. Chris County, you know, it's 18-12. It's to 12. They get the ball back. Next drive, Chris County fumbles in their own end zone. Pierce recovers and adds another seven to their total. Game officially out of reach, 25-13 to 13 Pierce County. I love a good defensive touchdown. And the fact that they had two defensive touchdowns You know what to that is? That you, that's one of the great things about high school football Yeah, is that. It can just this, happen. This can't happen on any level of football <laughs> anywhere. Like It's so rare on any level of football. But you can go to any high school football stadium in the, in the country in the nation. and see this yeah, on, pandemonium. Any, on any given Friday. <laughs> Like you, this, if this happens in, in in you know college football, it's it's like remembered for years. Like oh, do you remember this, this time? But like this game was thirteen to twelve, Chris County. Two minutes left. They're on the other side of the fifty, looking in, and they lost twenty five to thirteen. I bet there were some broken hearts in Cordell. Isn't that where Chris County is, Cordell? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to fact check that. Sales is gonna fact check. Yeah, you on that. he certainly will. Quad A, uh, Jefferson. Folks from across the river win. 42 to 35 over Benedictine. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. I like yeah. saying that. Benedictine. Benedictine. Real quick. It is good. Rolls it's off the nice, top. isn't it? Malachi Starks <laughs> ran for 321 yards. He threw for 47 and accounted for five touchdowns. Unbelievable. His 67 uh, yard <laughs> touchdown run with under five minutes left broke the tie at 35. Later, he intercepted a Benedictine pass in the end zone with under a minute to play to preserve the win. Final, Jefferson 42, Benedictine 35. I read a quote this week. Uh, We have the Twitter going, and sometimes we see some great articles come up on there. It was either an Athens Banner Herald article or a Jackson Herald article. 
uh, Cathcart was was Jefferson's high school's uh, coach. Gene Cathcart was quoted saying that he talked or some someone talked to a, a major D one coach. Uh, they didn't name him, but they said they had never seen an individual contribute to his team team's win like Malachi Starks did against Benedictine. Thirty-five of Jefferson's forty-two points can be accredited to that young man. Uh, phenomenal night, and as much as I hate to give the Jefferson Dragons any credit, it seems like they are bound for their second state title. Uh, we will see. Marist forty-two, Bainbridge zero on the other side of the bracket in Quad A. Marist holds Bainbridge to negative five yards rushing, only ninety-six yards total offense, and they record their third shutout in four playoff games. I tell you what, <laughs> that's gonna be a barn burner. Where's so that one's gonna be in Turner Field, like all of them. I forget about. Where's that, that one gonna be? So yeah, I was about to say. I was. I was. Five A. Let's just move along. We'll just, we'll just breeze right over it. <laughs> Brush over it. Twenty-four. Coffee. Seventeen. Carlos Del Rio threw a touchdown with eight minutes and uh, thirty-two seconds left to break a seventeen to seventeen tie. Cartersville defense holds tough as Coffee drove down to the twenty in the final minute, but they broke up three passes in the end zone to hold the win. Uh, Del Rio, uh, 225 yards passing in the game. He is a Florida commit. Um, so good good talent there. Looking for a state championship in Cartersville. Warner Robins, 56. Jones County, 21. Jalen Addy, maybe the only person that was more impressive than Malachi Starks on this <laughs> past Friday night. Yeah. He accounted for seven touchdowns, six through the air, as the boys from Warner Robins rolled to the state championship for the fourth straight year. That's a huge stat right there. You know, talking about Carlos Del, Del Rio, he's probably got the most Florida name out of any yeah. high school football player. There's no doubt. That guy's going to give Georgia fits for yeah. years to come. Yep. 6A, Buford, that's just a name. That you, it's like, well, there goes Del Rio. <laughs> oh, man. Also, uh, Jack Del Rio. Isn't he the uh, – where's he coaching now? I don't know. Jack Del Rio. I need to fact check this. This is, this is about to be good. He's uh, searching the internet. He was he was I swear he was in Jacksonville. Yeah, he was in Jacksonville from 2003 to 2011. So is there any relation? I don't there? know. Let me see. It's no, not a common last name. Luke Del Rio, Lauren Aubrey, and Hope. So I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think there's a relation. Plus, I don't think he'd live in Cartersville. Uh, where's he at now? Where's Jack Del Rio coaching these days? Let's see. Oh, he is. Ooh, he's a defensive coordinator for the football team. Uh. <laughs> That explains some things. <laughs> All right, so 6A, Buford over Valdosta, 45-26. In the first six minutes of the game, the Wolves went up 21 to nothing. They had two offensive touchdowns and a pick six. Valdosta scored a couple late, but this one was over quick. I watched this game uh, Friday night as at home, and I just turned on the TV, and this one was on GPB. And uh, it, it was the first six minutes, but it, Buford had only ran like – They'd only run like three offensive plays, mm-hmm. and the score was twenty-one to nothing. So I turned the TV off, and I think I went and played my guitar or something, because <laughs> that game was over very early. Lee County on the other side of six A uh, takes care of Westlake, thirty-five to fourteen. The game was tied at fourteen at the half, but Caleb McDowell had two third-quarter touchdowns to help Lee County pull away. McDowell is uh, signed with South Carolina last week, running back. He has sixteen touchdowns in the playoffs alone. Unbelievable. <laughs> Westlake was the last team standing out of Fulton County, so all the Fulton County schools are out uh, at this point. R.I.P. Uh, 7A, Collins Hill 31, Lowndes 14. Collins Hill threw the ball 53 times. They completed 30s. That's a foreign language for Collins. It is. 
Uh, these two boys from Converse ain't never seen no high school. I ain't never seen no boys throw it 53 you mean, times. You mean they ran the ball 53 times? <laughs> they completed 37 of them uh, for 372 yards and four touchdowns. Road's getting busy tonight. It is. Uh, four touchdowns. Sam Horn at the helm of that offense for Collins Hill. Grayson 28, Norcross 0. Highly anticipated contest in 7A. The uh, – you know, California, Valdosta, Grayson's <laughs> own Jake Garcia throws for 185 yards and two touchdowns, but he also was intercepted twice. So um, Grayson's D did hold Norcross to only 84 yards, though. So that was the real story. Yeah, there's a couple interesting points here in these games. Collins Hill, uh, that there's a kind of a social media famous alumni there. That's where Wes Blankenship's from. That's where he went to high school was Collins Hill. Saw him tweeting about that game, uh, Coffee Town. You know, of Coffee Town fame. Uh, that Norcross game. I was a big Norcross stand this season. I wanted the Why? the Devils to win for some reason. I, I saw them play during the middle of the season. I was just like, I, that, you know what? That's going to be my team in the highest classification. Uh, but they just they didn't get nothing going against Grayson. I felt yards. good about Colquitt County. That was kind of my team. Now that Rush is gone, especially. Yeah. I, I got a lot of buddies down there. But, um, no, I got bad memories of Norcross, man. We uh, – when I was a, maybe a junior or sophomore uh, playing basketball back in the high school days, we went out to this uh, this camp like a, where a bunch of teams go in the summer. You know, it's like a summer camp. You play like a little yeah. two, half, two halves that are like 15 minutes or whatever, and there's like a running clock. But we played Norcross, and uh, that was when they had uh, – uh, what's his name? Jeremy Lamb. I don't know if you – I don't remember he, him. So he, he, he went on to play at uh, – uh, I think UConn. Um, it's a big school. Yeah, I mean, he was a like a five star, unbelievable, and uh, and oh, really, like, oh, we got. Hammered. <laughs> I mean, it was it was bad. It was bad. That was like a. I mean, Norcross is like a, a bad legend, memory. like but yeah. you know basketball. But that yeah, a little bit of flashback. So that uh, shout out to Channing Anderson. I remember I we had we had this was probably in the second quarter. And we 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 actually had kept it decently close, and by decently close, I mean like ten points by yeah. like early in the, early in the in the <laughs> in the second period or whatever they do uh, for those. And uh, I remember Channing, <laughs> it was a, a fast break, and Jeremy Lamb got, got unfortunately got it, and it was between, it was he was Channing Anderson was standing in the way, uh-huh. and uh, it, it it was ugly. <laughs> and uh, Channing, the next time he got a breather, I was out at the same time and sitting on the bench. He came over and sat down. And I was kind of staring at him. He was like, man, he's like, I, I went up, but he just kept going. <laughs> and that was just something I always remember you about Norcross. It's funny because, like, you remember – you hear these schools' names and they do bring up memories like that. You know, we talk about the North Georgia offensive football camp sometimes. And, you know, that was a big event when we were in high school. A lot of high schools came to Commerce to practice on the practice field to learn the triple option. And I think Norcross was one of them one year – it was either Norcross or Tequila. But I remember we did a bull in the ring, and we put our best lineman out there at the time was Cameron Billings. And Shout out C-Bill. C-Bill. C-Billy, Billy. C-Bill went one-on-one with a guy from Norcross. And C-Bill was on offense, and he was in pass set. And he opened up in his pass set. And I'll never forget, like, the entire camp is watching this. And he got planted on the back of his head by a def- uh, defensive lineman from, from Norcross. So, like Channing, you know. He kept going, you know. Yeah, and so I mean, if you, a lot of good athletes out there. Shout out to Chan if he's listening to this. I know he can, <laughs> he's got he's got one of me too for sure. 
because Kenny Kenny Gaines got me pretty good my senior year, yeah. late in the playoffs. We 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 went out there and yeah, he he put me on a poster. Well, uh, but yeah, it was. Just, I'll never I'll never remember I'll never forget when he uh, he came over and said, "Man, I went up," but he just kept going. <laughs> so uh, that was my Norcross memory. But back like, back to football. Back to the podcast. Back to the present. Uh, man, we get off the rails. This is gonna be a good episode. Usually, when we get off the rails. It's pretty good. Let's take another break. It's my turn to insert in DJ one of my favorite Christmas tunes. Go DJ. Thank you, Mr. Willie Nelson. That was beautiful. Let's get right into the state championship previews. We'll start uh, with single-A private. We're going to do these in order of date and time they will play. We don't have the lines yet, but we will do a pick em. Mm-hmm. And guess what? All of them are going to be on the pick em. So you'll know the line yeah. before they kick off. Single-A private uh, will start things off in Atlanta on Monday, December 28th with Prince Avenue versus Trinity Christian at 3.30 p.m. on GPB right after the flag football the, yeah. the, the girls are getting out there playing some flag football on Monday. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to be on GPB or not. but I think it um, will. I think it is, too. So maybe catch that, too. I think that starts at noon. But Prince Avenue looking for its first state title with highly touted Brock Vandegrift, obviously heading to UGA. Trinity Christian, certainly the big underdog in this one, only their third season competing in the GHSA after the move from GISA. Vandegrift will certainly go over the 4,000-yard mark passing for the season, and he will eclipse 45 touchdowns through the air. Uh, I think he only needs like 50 yards and a touchdown, and that's it. Wow. So he'll eclipse both of those marks. Pretty impressive. Psalm, what are we thinking about this one? You know, I kind of arrogantly said earlier that Prince Avenue will win this one without a doubt. Trinity Christians had a good season. Uh, you remember early in the season, they kind of shocked us by playing with Athens Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since then I haven't really paid attention to him, but I I do know that that Prince Avenue's got a, a ball club, and uh, you know, you want to put a score on this one? I, I think it's think gonna be pretty bad. Um, forty-five to fourteen, Prince Avenue. Yeah, I think forty-five's a good number. Forty-nine, for, maybe they probably have to kick a forty-two. Honestly, forty-two, forty-nine, seventeen, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, we both think that one's going to be a blowout. Um, Single-A public follows the private. So um, with the rematch, Irwin County, Brooks County, around 7 p.m. We know how the, the how that goes. <laughs> That'll be on Monday, 7 p.m. Uh, around that time. Go ahead and t- check over to GPB and see if they're on. First round went to Irwin 21-13 to back in October at Brooks County down in Quitman. Irwin County looking to repeat. Brooks County looking to avoid a second straight disappointment uh, runner-up in the state championship. 
Um, we know who Irwin has quite well. Obviously, if you went to the game or watched it or heard it, we already know the names that you're going to hear that are going to be carrying the ball and, and really making the moves for Irwin County, maybe a little too well. <laughs> but Brooks running back by the name of Amari Arnold is a, is a great player. He's got over 1,500 yards on the year, 50, uh, 25 touchdowns, almost 500 yards receiving with another six touchdowns. Their uh, second back is Jamal Sanders. He has nearly 1,000 all-purpose yards and 17 touchdowns. Natavian Burris is the quarterback. A little bit of a dual threat. Leads the offense well. I think he's something like 26 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. I didn't write that down. But they're a solid offense. They're a solid team. This is going to be a good ball game. Yeah, and that's my bad earlier in the show. I mentioned that uh, Brooks County was the repeat, or they were looking to repeat hey, no as, need to apologize. as state champs. You, know, you stepped on me a little bit, but hey, that's all right. You still my thunder. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry. They actually lost last year in the state championship to Dublin. Uh, but I, that's the last time I watched Brooks County was last year in the state championship. And what I remember from that team is that they were very athletic. They got the ball around into space. Uh, they had the same head coach down there. Uh, I think his name might be Marcus Freeman. For some reason, that name pops out in my mind. But he's a good head coach, and he knows how to coach well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really close game for me. I think Brooks County – What do you think, Nino? Give me a second to think on this. I think Irwin County's going to win. Um, I think it's going to be really close, but I think they get it done. I'm going to say 27-21. Okay. I, I certainly hope that's the case. That way, you know, I can grieve this season a little bit more, saying that we lost to the state champions. Um, I think it is Brooks County, though, winning uh, 30 – 30-21. High scoring. 30-21. 30-20. Irwin will miss one. You're just changing everything here. Yeah. I How are they going to get to 30? We don't have to go into that. Double A <laughs> <Double laughs> kick things off the next day, Tuesday, December 29th. That'll be the Double A matchup of Callaway and Fitzgerald. That's at noon on GPB. Fitzgerald will be the favorite in this one. Uh, Callaway does reach the state championship for the first time. If I can watch this game, I'm going to watch it because that's – Honestly, this is one of my favorite matchups um, of the whole slate. <coughs> Fitzgerald, big, physical team. I mean, we. I think my biggest exposure to Fitzgerald, I think they're Purple Hurricanes, is that mm-hmm. right? It was when they played Raven County uh, some years ago and just lined up and imposed their will on the Raven County Wildcats. And, uh, you know, they may do that against Callaway. Callaway's a little bit more – of a spread them out kind of finesse team. But we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens in that game. I I think Fitzgerald might win this one. You go first this time. What's your score prediction? Fitzgerald, 24, Callaway, 10. I like Fitzgerald, 28, Callaway, 14. Quad A will follow double A and feature the undefeated Jefferson Dragons, the boys from Jackson County, taking on the undefeated Marist War Eagles out of Atlanta. Or somewhere in it. What part of it? Yeah, what part not, of it not, is Marist? Obviously not Fulton County. <laughs> it's probably DeKalb. Cobb, maybe? No, I don't think Cobb. I don't think there's any designation of Atlanta and Cobb. I think it's probably DeKalb, if yeah. I guess. But anyways, that's going to be around 3.30 after the conclusion of the AA. Don't have a line in this one yet, but interested to see what it will be. Um, both undefeated. This is the only two uh, undefeateds facing each other. And we they've had a great season. Um uh, 
we've covered Malachi starts, and he may be the difference maker in a tight game again. What you think, Saul? Looking out into the abyss here. Because this one, they got to do some soul searching on this one. It's like, oh. I thought there might be a UFO out there or something. Anything weird happened to you? Jupiter and Saturn? You've been having some weird <laughs> stuff happen? No. You sure? I mean, this may be a weird thing that happens to me right now because I'm going to say Jefferson's going to win state. I may vomit after the show after <laughs> after saying that, but I. Well, it's, it's not it's not real though. That, see, the, the only how they can ever really win state is if they play Commerce and win state. <laughs> they got to win the county they before can't win they the can beat win, win state. state. I mean, we, everyone knows that they they've never won state. <laughs> never. Commerce won the double A state championship in two thousand twelve. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Second, all this second business is. I'm raising my eyebrows over here. <laughs> It's like second. Whoa, shipping uh, one for commerce. <laughs> yeah, oh, getting back to reality. I think Jefferson probably wins. What you got? Score twenty to seventeen. Twenty to Low eighteen. Scoring. Maris does have a good defense. Yeah, I'm gonna go Maris twenty-eight twenty-one. Okay, I ain't picking Jefferson. Six <laughs> A. <6A. laughs> rounds out the action on Tuesday night. Buford taking on Lee County. Buford, uh, they're looking for their second consecutive state title, the first in 6A, and the th- the 13th state title overall in school history. They will face a tough test. Number one ranked Lee County searching for their third title in four years. Both have fairly balanced attack. They have outstanding talent all over the field. This is going to be a good one. I think this, I think this might be the best game on, on tap, period. Might be. Uh, Buford looked really impressive when I watched him. Uh, one thing that I noticed and the commentators in the game between them and Colquitt pointed out was that Buford's line of scrimmage compared to teams in the past is undersized. Uh, their center, their guard, I think it's their left guard, is, is a smaller player, uh, probably only about 220, 225, which is kind of unheard of at the 6A level. I don't know what Lee County's got on the line of scrimmage, but if they can take advantage of some matchups on the – on the line of scrimmage, then who knows? Buford may lose this game. Um, all season long, I've I've been of the mind that Buford's going to win a state title in 6A. But, you know, Lee County may have something to say about that. We're going to get some score predictions on this Oh, one? yeah, yeah, scores. Tuesday night. What you got? Lee County, 20. Buford... 21. Oh, <laughs> you sandbagger. Uh, I'm on, I'm going to go with Buford, too. I'm going to go Buford, 28, Lee County, 24. Okay. This is good. Somebody write all these down as we're – this is – see, we've already missed some of them. I should have said it at the top. Should Somebody who's listening, write these down. Go back, <laughs> fast forward, rewind about two minutes, and write these down. we got to hold ourselves accountable for getting behind this. But once the lines come out, I kind of uh, – there can be some adjustments yeah. made. AAA will start the day off on Wednesday, December 30th. That will be the final slate of games. Uh, they're going to start at noon as undefeated Oconee County faces off with Pierce County. So Oconee's looking for their first state title since 1999. Um, party like it's 99. Other local <laughs> Athens area teams in the mix for a ring. This is the other local team other than Oconee County. I'm not missing anybody when I say Oconee and Jefferson. That's our local teams in, in the mix, right? Unless you want to count Buford. Buford. I'll count Buford. Uh, Two teams that really had a few plays go their way. (laughs) Obviously, we talked about it earlier in tight ball games to get here. What do you think, Song? Also, Prince. 
Just thought of Prince. Oh, literally Prince, literally right there. Yeah, in, in Athens. So uh, we have Prince, Oconee, Jefferson, and Buford. Out kind of a team big statement for Northeast Georgia. Northeast Georgia. Athens I saw area. where there was some Twitter account that was like, "Look at Northeast it was Georgia," North and it Georgia included with like Gwinnett. Yeah. I was like, "Eh, right. that's a stretch. That's a <laughs> big like, stretch. That's, that's Metro Atlanta." Okay, I, like, like, you, should we dive into like parts of Georgia right now? Is this going on too far? No, let's do Northeast it. Georgia, Northwest Georgia. Metro Atlanta, West Georgia, Southwest Georgia, Middle Georgia, Coastal. That may be more than – that may be a whole separate pod. <laughs> let's just leave it. I guess, though, we're forgetting East yeah, Georgia. All yeah. right, let's, let's leave it. All That's right. That's another pod. Let's so talk about this. I've got a little bit of trivia for you. Oconee County, County – well, Let's settle this real quick. Gwinnett County ain't Northeast Georgia. Right. That's the right, big bingo. point we wanted bingo. to make. Bingo. That's the – uh, That is Metro Atlanta. Um, trivia no. for you. Oconee County won their first state title in 1999. Which Georgia alumnus, Georgia football alumnus, was on that team? Oh, it's a uh, headliner on the offense. No, no, hang position. on, time out, time out. Don't tell me this. Is it uh, Damian Gary? No, that was Clark Central. Close. Dang. Okay, this I player. I, I thought I had. It. I'm gonna give you hint number one. This player had a really big play. In a game against LSU in Death Valley. Oh, was it Mettenberger? No. Mettenberger played yeah, for late, that, was late, that was way too but late. But that was that, like. That was yeah. way later. A big Oh, it was. Uh, oh. Little guy. Uh, Tyson Brown. Yes, sir. Out of boy. He went to Oconee? Yeah, he went to Oconee. Look at song, bringing the facts. Yeah, they won that title in 99. Uh, this Shout is, out to Mettenberger, though. <laughs> Where's that Zach guy? Mettenberger. Where's that uh, guy? He sold insurance somewhere. He got to be. Probably about back to about Austin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> triple A. I like I like old Connie County Warriors. Give it to them. Uh, shoot, they've been lucky all season. Uh, 24-20. Oconee County over Pierce County. I think Oconee County wins too. I think it's going to be a close one. 21-17. I'll give it. I'll give it to Oconee County. Five uh, A is going to follow Triple A. They got Cartersville and Warner Robins squaring off at three thirty. Both have. Stellar quarterback play, I would say, but definitely, you know, two solid guys. Cartersville looking for their first title since Trevor Lawrence in 2016. Uh, different classification now, but uh, Warner Robins in the finals for the fourth straight year. What we like, Son? So you got Northwest Georgia and Middle Georgia here. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Warner Robins mm -hmm. 31 to 20. Yeah, I like this one a little bit more high scoring. Uh, like, you, you know, you gave them 30, 31. I think Warner Robins is going to get about 35. Cartersville 28. Okay. Less end championship week in Atlanta. So next week we'll wrap it all up with the 7A team squaring off Collins Hill in a rematch with undefeated and top ranked best team in the state, undoubtedly, <laughs> Grayson. Um, big truck, big truck coming by. Trailer too, maybe. Not just a long truck. Big long truck. <laughs> <laughs> These two previously played. Grayson won that one 28 to 7. But that was all the way back in September. Um, I do think the result will be similar, but uh, Grayson quite clearly is the best team in the state and one of the best in the nation. They're ranked as high as, high as three in some of the nationwide polls. But Collins Hill has obviously improved since then. All right. I, I'm pulling for Collins Hill. Why not? I mean, this is a big Gwinnett County matchup here. It's all Gwinnett County. Yeah. So you, you, you tune in to watch Jake Garcia – and some really high level seven A competition yeah. all, all across the board, 
and it's an all Gwinnett County final, which ah, Gwinnett County. You know, and I think the Georgia High School Football Daily Newsletter made this point is that in the past couple of years, it's been a Georgia, it's been a Gwinnett County versus South Georgia classification in the highest classification. Yeah, that usually happens. But this year, it seemed like Gwinnett County has separated themselves from South Georgia for supremacy. Because um, you got, I mean, not only in this one, but Buford kind of, you know, taking down Valdosta easily. Yeah. The only one that's still standing in that South Georgia kind of like powerhouse of football is Lee County. Yeah. And then what they're facing off of Buford. That's another reason I think that one's going to be, that one's going to be the best game. Yeah. Go ahead, Son. What you got? Grayson Collins. I think you're right. Grayson's probably going to win it. I think Collins Hill puts up more of a fight this time. Uh, let's call it for the Grayson Rams. I think they're the Rams. 31 to 17. I'm going to go 27 to 10, Grayson. Okay. Uncle Son, we got through everything. <laughs> what else you want to talk about? Final thoughts from Uncle Son. So this, this may be taking a little bit of our closing here, but we're, we're going to do a, a 2020 final thoughts kind of like recap episode next week, right? Yeah. Um, to is, think, that, is that the final thought? <laughs> no, to think that okay. we've gotten to this point in the season. I, <laughs> we're like a week away from 2021. Um, when we started, we started this show on a whim, basically. And I think Pretty that we've, much, we've yeah. gotten to this. We were, we were fishing one day. And I was like, hey, you want to record that podcast that we've been talking about? Um, it wasn't even that. It was like, let's just try it out. Let's see if we just, it. I had like 20 minutes before I had to get to work on a Friday. And we oh, cut that man. first episode. But I think that we've gotten to this point. You know, it's been really fun. It's been talking about the 2020 Tigers. It's been a joy covering those guys. Uh, just some high character student athletes at our high school. Some of the best products that come out of the city of Commerce. Um, really had fun covering them this year, and I hate that they lost the way they did 12 days ago. Um, but you know, now they're Commerce football alumni. Welcome to the club. <laughs> and not only that, but like I think the coverage all year of the Tigers have, has been particularly strong um you got wjjc which is always has always been there um and then the other the commerce football account that's uh alexis hill runs that one Mm -hmm. great job and then you know pat ourselves on the back we do we do we do (laughs) we've enjoyed it this it's been so much fun listen we have fun we do a little something you know you Uh, can't call we're not journalists no by any stretch of the imagination absolutely not but uh we have had fun doing it so and, and just covering the whole state um, has been a lot of fun. So yeah. uh, we we definitely have at least one more episode coming next week to recap state championship results yep. and then uh, talk about 2020. But that'll do it for us here today. I want to briefly mention a congratulations to Derek Wiley on winning the playoff bracket pool. Um, prize TBD, but it's coming your way soon. The crazy thing is he's all the way out in Oregon and, and won the <laughs> and the, beat the, us the at Georgia, Georgia, high, school Georgia high school football. <laughs> So shout out to him. Um, merch has been a hot button topic on the Twitter machine. We did release one of our uh, logos created by my brother, uh, the the Laser Tiger. And folks, let me tell you, that's hot. We, we, let me tell you something, folks. We got a few more in the chamber. <laughs> Trust me, we have a few more in the chamber, and they are <laughs> they're excellent. Uh, so that's been a hot button. It's like, when are you gonna get it on a merch? We're in the early <laughs> stages of development. What that means is we've just been talking about it. Yeah. Uh, but it's gonna happen. We're gonna get you some some merch. Well, it'll be merch of some kind. We don't really know how we're gonna do it yet. Um, but we're looking into it. We're it's gonna, gonna scale happen. that up. 
Uh, we'll be back next week, as mentioned, for a recap of the state championship games and the 2020 year interview for Commerce Tires. Look out for the potluck pick'em yep. that's coming for the state championship games. I guess we'll drop that sometime over the weekend, maybe Sunday before Monday starts the playoff game. Right, the right. Championship game. So we'll that. drop that Sunday at some point or Saturday, whenever. I don't know. <laughs> we'll drop it sometime. This is uh, a hobby. This is. Listen, <laughs> we just kind of fly by the seat of our pants here. It's potluck podcast. Um, yeah, so be on the lookout for that on Twitter. Uh, I'm interested to see a lot of those lines. I think it's going to be really telling about how the games will go. Yeah, I'm still of the belief that I think Buford and Lee County is going to be the best game, but obviously there's Sing Lake Public that I think is going to be really good. Jefferson Marist. A, obviously Jefferson Marist. Triple A. Um, I wish the best for Malachi Starks. Um, don't wish the best for Jefferson. No. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Where's the Tylenol? Take care, everybody.